0: Good morning, Saints, and welcome to New Heart Foursquare Service. Uh, We are streaming on Facebook Live, and you can also listen to our message on our website at newheartforyou.com at about noon today. We're also making messages available to the youth and children, and uh, my son is going to come up in just a few minutes and give us the details on that. But I want to just share a couple of things before we get in today's message. Today's message is going to be what not to do during this time with the coronavirus and what we should know as Christians as we are going through this time. You know, our life has changed over these last two months. We went from living a carefree, normal, prosperous life to a secluded, restricted, and unsure life, not knowing where our income is going to come. And seemingly, things changed overnight. So people have asked me, is God allowing this to happen? Why is this happening? Did we sin? Is God punishing us? Well, we know that we are living in a world of sin. We are living in a fallen world. But God's not mad at us. The Bible says that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's forgiven us of all of our sins. So, what's happening? Well, I, you know, in the Bible, it does talk about how David. Uh, in Psalms 8, said, What is man that thou art mindful of him, that you have given him dominion over the works of your hands? So God is saying He has given us dominion. He has given us power and authority to rule and reign in this life. But we've messed it up several times, many times, and I think this is one of the times where man has really messed up what's happening in the world. Uh, But God has given us power and authority. So we want to pray right now for the things that are happening we are going to take authority in the name of Jesus father in the name of Jesus we come before you right now we command this virus to stop from to cease and desist from its maneuvers in the name of Jesus we have given you have given us power and authority to uh, pray and heal over all manner of sickness and all manner of disease so father we just come before you right now and say we take authority Virus, you stop right now in Jesus' name, and we thank you that, Lord God, that you're protecting those that have not received this virus. You're healing those that have received it. We pray for the health workers that are ministering to those uh, that need uh, care, that you protect them. We thank you that you give us wisdom, to give the government officials wisdom and how to protect us in this time. And we pray that, Lord God, no weapon formed against us shall prosper because we are the righteousness of God In Christ Jesus. So we're going to talk in just a little bit about what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do during this virus. So I'm going to ask my son to come up right now and give us some details on uh, what we're supposed to do.
1: Hello everyone. Uh, I'm getting used to this uh, whole doing announcements and talking to you remotely. Usually I work off the crowd with you here and there's no one here and there's no laughs, there's no chuckles, there's no claps. Um, But we're just going to do our best and carry on. Yeah, my dad's going to talk about the reason why um, all this is happening and the question that maybe many of you are getting about uh, why would God allow something like this. My own perspective is that, you know, I I look back when my dad was diagnosed with cancer, and my initial response was not, God, why did you allow this to happen? I knew why um, it was happening. It was as a result of sin in this world and Adam's sin. And because of that sin, because he is the head of the covenant, there is disease and sickness and uh, pestilence um, in this world. Um, But instead of looking to uh, the diagnosis and saying, God, why did you allow something like that? I looked to God and put him as my focus. And, um, you know, my dad is healed now. We just, two two weeks before um, this whole coronavirus happened, We went to the radiologist for my dad, and the radiologist did not recommend any further radiation for my dad. So I could have in that moment, you know, gotten angry with God and been upset, but really that would have prevented my blessing um, in terms of my dad's healing if I would have gotten upset with God and written him off. So we need God more than anything during this time. Um, So I just encourage you all to be sharing that with your friends and family during this time. And there's good news Even in the midst of the coronavirus, there were polls that came out last week that said 86% of Americans are praying every day and 55% of Americans are praying for the end of the coronavirus. It also says, um, there's another poll by the Joshua Fund that says 22% of non-Christians are more likely to be interested in spiritual things now than before, and 40% of Christians are more likely to be interested in spiritual things. So we really need to be sharing the gospel and sharing the word and sharing scripture with our friends and family. You can be telling them about our... Uh, live stream. You can be telling about all of our events, our prayer, our Bible study, or just call someone on the phone and talk to them about, you know, why God is good even in the midst of all that is happening. Uh, So again, prayer and Bible study we have this week, Tuesday at seven o'clock. They're they're the same links and phone numbers and passcodes from last week for prayer and Bible study. It's in an email that my dad sent out last week. So please um, be paying attention to those emails because it's They have a lot of important information that you need to stay connected during this time. Uh, The youth and the elementary are having a live stream. Uh, The youth are having it on Instagram Live at 11.30 a.m. Pacific. And uh, the elementary now for the first time, Lily Goucher, is going to be teaching on kindness today uh, for Super Kids Academy at 11.30 a.m. Pacific on, on Facebook Live. Uh, then also the toddlers, what we're doing with our toddlers is we have uh, a curriculum and if you're interested, we're trying to email out the curriculum. So then that way there uh, are the lesson plans so that way the parents can teach that to their toddlers at home as well. Um, and just in general, we really encourage you, uh, my dad is, is sending out some of the lesson plans for the youth and for the elementary, uh, and I'm trying to text it to a lot of the parents. Please, we just really encourage you to take this time to homeschool your kids in the Word of God. Put the Word of God in them, uh, and just homeschool, homeschool church, just like you're having to homeschool them uh, with their schoolwork. Uh, then, also, I wanted to let you know, some people aren't aware of um, our website, what the, what the uh, domain name is. It's newheart.com for ucom It's N-E-W-H-E-A-R-T, the number 4, Y-O-U.com. That will help us quite a bit. Um, if you just click media, that's where you can listen to the sermon. Uh, after uh, 12 o'clock on Sundays, it'll be posted there if you click media. Then if you want to give online, you can um, just hit give online, and that's where you can Donate. It's a secure portal where you can donate your tithes and offerings. And then also, if if you can't um, donate online, aren't comfortable, you can also mail a check to 380 East Covina Boulevard in Covina, California, 91722. Uh, Then lastly, we've got two other announcements. Communion this week. Uh, My dad is going to be emailing out a communion uh, six-step guide to help you uh, observe communion in your home this week or today. Uh, You can use any kind of juice, grape juice is preferred, but my dad said any juice is fine, Uh, and and you can go through these six steps, and you can observe communion with your family at home, since we're not able to do it today uh, in the church. And then lastly, we're also going to be emailing out, since it's Palm Sunday and it's Holy Week this week, uh, we're going to be emailing out a Billy Graham devotional for each day of the Holy Week, so be looking for that email this week. Um, so that way you can celebrate Easter, or Palm Sunday and Easter. And thank you all and hope, look forward to seeing you all again soon.
0: And thank you, Charles, for keeping us connected together, even though we're not here physically, spiritually we are together. We're available, myself and Pastor Charlie, if you need help with prayer or anything that comes up. We are here to help and stay part of the body together. So before we get into the message, I want to remind you that today is Palm Sunday A day that we remember that Jesus rode into Jerusalem, his triumphant entry, into the city and was going to be crucified that next Friday. But as he was coming in, they were throwing palms, like this one right here, on the roadside, saying, Hosanna, son of David. And it, me, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that word hosanna means save now. They were looking for a political freedom and deliverance, but Jesus was coming to give them a spiritual deliverance and freedom. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. So we want to remember and celebrate that God uh, was... Uh, bringing entry so that we can be called sons and daughters of the living God. We can be adopted into the family. What a glorious day it was when Jesus was crucified. If you want to celebrate that on communion, you can do it either today or on Friday on the day. Uh, that he was crucified because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We're going to live forever. Amen. This is just a a, a temporary place, temporary time that we're here. But in uh, in the sweet by and by, we're going to be with the Lord forever. Hard to imagine that we're not going to sleep or rest, but we're going to live with him and be happy for all of eternity. Glory to God. So back to our present time. While we are going through what we're going through, we can't control everything. We can take authority over, but what do we do in the meantime? So we want to know some of the things that the Bible says that we are not supposed to do during tragedy. The Bible says what? Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations and trials. So we are in a temptation. We're supposed to count it all joy. We're supposed to be happy. But here's the things that we're not supposed to do. In Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear not, for I am with thee. First thing we don't want to do is fear. We're not supposed to fear as children of God. Why? Because God is with us. Isn't that good news? If God be for us, who can be against us? So it says, fear not. For I'm with thee. Be not dismayed. So the second thing is, don't be dismayed. Don't be hanging your head down and wondering, oh, why are we going through all this? You know, uh, complaining that we have to be in our house and we can't go outside. I was thinking about this. Noah was in his ark for over a year, for about a year that he was with uh, his family and his all the animals that they had in there, and, and uh, he wasn't complaining. We don't hear any any talk of him complaining. So we should just enjoy what we're doing: cleaning our house, cleaning our cupboards, cleaning all the, the closets that we needed to clean out that we haven't had time to do, and just spending time with the Lord and with our family, doing Bible studies and praying and just uh, fellowshipping together. So we're not supposed to fear. We're not supposed to be dismayed. And then in John 14, 27, it says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, I give unto you. And then it says, let not your heart be troubled. Wow. Don't let your heart be troubled. So we're not supposed to fear, we're not supposed to be dismayed, and we're not supposed to let our heart be troubled. If we have, if it says don't let it, that means we have control over it. We can actually determine whether we're going to be in fear, whether we're going to be dismayed, or if our heart is going to be troubled. The Bible says that we have control over our thinking. Jesus said to us, be not conformed to this world, but be renewed by the spirit of your mind. So you can can renew your mind. You can encourage yourself in the Lord during these times. Romans 12 says, be not conformed to this world. So we're not supposed to think the way the world thinks. We're supposed to think the way God wants us to think, to be trusting and depending upon him. In Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7, it says, Be not anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God. So we're not supposed to be anxious. We're supposed to have the peace of God, which passes all understanding, which guard, guards our heart and our mind. So our heart and our mind have to be in tune to God, believing in Him, trusting in Him, knowing that He's not sending this to us, but what? how we're supposed to react in the midst of it. And to ease you a little bit, I was looking at some statistics that the Surgeon General uh, was saying, Jerome Adams, he was saying that although there is 311,000 cases of coronavirus in the United States, that's only a small percentage of the people that live here. It's uh, less than 0.8% of the people would get coronavirus, and out of those, 80% will not have to be hospitalized. There'll be minor uh, cases. And out of the ones that get coronavirus, only 2%, that means 98% will be healed, and only 2% will actually succumb to death. But we know that's a lot of times there's some people that are older, some people that have underlying conditions. So I believe that if we can stay indoors, in our houses, hallelujah, glory to God, we can minimize this, and though we're going through this, we have to control our thought life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know, our imaginations can run wild. We, we can think about things and, and imagine things that are worse than what it is, And, you know, I want to give you a little personal testimony because I go through things, and you can tease me if you want. But we have at our house, uh, in front of our, our house, on a hill, there's a bunch of trees. And one of the trees, branches, big tree branch, broke and fell off. And so it was... Okay, at first it was green, then it turned orange, then it turned brown, now it's black. And I've been talking to the city hall about this, and they're informing me, well, they're contacting the owners, but it seems like they have excuses like, well, they, they don't have the money, or they're out of town, or now the coronavirus, and, and the, the, the city manager was talking to me about all this, and I said, well, it's all nice and flowery and everything, but why can't they just call the man and say, bring a gardener in and chop it up? Because every time I looked at it, I got mad. You ever have that? When, when you see a problem and, and it's not being taken care of, you get mad. So what I did was, I just don't look at it anymore. The Bible, it says, if if you look at someone to lust, uh, you, you, you have evil in your heart. So I just don't look at that tree. I don't imagine what the people are thinking. I just believe the best. And the Bible says, in your patience, you will control, you will possess your souls in Luke 21, 19. So take control of your mind. Your imagination will kill you if you don't bring it into the into line with the word of God in Isaiah 26 3 says thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee I need to keep my mind stayed on the Lord thinking about how good God is and how much he loves me how much he cares for me did you know that he cares for you the Bible says cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you and my wife was uh, had some situations at work she said you know what I'm just going to cast that care of it upon the Lord he cares, for, he cares for me. Because he cares for me, he'll take care of the things that are bothering me. So she went to bed, relaxed, encouraged, and she woke up the next day. She said, I won't believe how quick the Lord worked. He took care of everything while I was sleeping. Amen. Praise God. So God can take care of everything. And in uh, Hebrews six nineteen, it says, which hope we have, talking about Jesus, he's the anchor of our soul. He keeps us secured and established, believing in him. So we're supposed to have Good thoughts. Whatever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, think on these things. Amen? Think on those. So what what are we not doing? We're not fearing. We're not being dismayed. We're not letting our heart be troubled. And we don't think the way the world thinks. We don't process it the same way the world processes it. And it says don't be anxious and don't imagine bad things. Okay, so that's what we're not supposed to do. But how about what are we supposed to do? What, what are, how are we supposed to think? What are the things that we're supposed to know about the Lord? Are you ready? There's five things. Hope this will encourage you. As Christians, we know that the Lord hears us. Number one thing. The Bible says that all of our prayers go up to Him as a sweet fragrance. Our prayers are heard. And the Bible says if our prayers are heard, we have the petitions that we desire of Him. Let's look at it in 1 Corinthians uh, I'm sorry, not Corinthians. First John chapter five, verse fourteen and fifteen. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. We have to be confident that He hears us. And you know, if you do anything in this world, you have to be confident. If you're an athlete, if you're a salesman, if you do anything, you have to be confident. Not in yourself. The Bible says, "Be confident in Him." That we, if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Isn't that good news? If you pray, we know He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask of Him, He'll give to us and grant to us. Now, this is good news. Now, sometimes we think that the Lord doesn't hear us. And we pray, and if we don't see anything happening, we say, oh, He didn't hear us. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me, Lord? I know my son, when he was younger, he would... Uh, if we were sitting in the room, and we we're busy doing something, and he would ask his mom, Mom, and she wouldn't listen to him. And he'd say, Mom, Mom, Mom. And she wouldn't listen. She'd be preoccupied with something. Then he'd say, Marianne, oh. She would pop up and go, oh, okay, what? what do you want, son? So we have to know. <laughs> That God is, we don't have to repeat over and over again. God hears us the first time, but we need patience. The Bible says you have need of patience after you've done the will of God that he will perform what he has said that he would do. So we know that he hears us. We know that we have the petitions that we have, uh, that we ask of him. And we have to know that we know. Our knower has to receive what God has said. You know, a lot of times people say, uh, singles will ask me, well, how do you know when you meet the right person? Well, you just know that you know that you know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to describe until you've experienced it. When I met Marianne and, uh, and we met on the street or in a sales office, she went to her bank and she said, I just met my husband. Well, how did she know? It was in, inside. You know, it was in her heart, she just knew that that was a confirmation that the Lord had sent uh, me to her and her to me. And so when you read the Word of God, that Word has to go down deep into your soul that you just have an assurance and a confidence that the Lord is speaking to you, that he is making witness with your spirit that the things that you've asked him to do, he will surely do. So we know that he hears us, and we have to know that if he hears us, if we pray according to the will of God, he will perform, and we will have the petitions that we desired of him. Isn't that nice to know? Amen. So the third thing is we have to know the love of God, not just how much he loves us, but what he will do for us because he loves us. Amen? It says in um, Ephesians 3.19, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. In other words, your mind cannot figure how great his love is for us. Can you imagine that? That we may be full, filled with all the fullness of God. And because of this love, he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. What are you needing? What are you asking? He said he'll do that. He'll do exceedingly abundantly. If you're looking for provision because of loss of income, he's able to do that for you because he loves you so much. And I related this story. I wanted to just share it with you. My son loves his grandmother. And his grandmother was at home, and she, was, uh, she takes care of her brother, who lives in another city. And when she goes over there, she doesn't have gloves. And my son said, Grandma, you need your gloves. She said, I can't find any gloves. He said, I have some. I'll drive them down to you, Grandma. Well, he didn't have to do that. She lives in Oceanside. He could have mailed them, but he didn't want to do that. He wanted to take it to her. That's love. That's love. God says he watches over the whole earth. His eyes uh, go throughout the whole earth, showing himself strong to them whose heart is perfect towards him. His eyes run to and fro. Wow, God is looking. How can I help someone? How can I be there? Because I love them so much. Amen? Amen. God so loved us. Praise the Lord. So the other thing, the fourth thing is we have to know in whom we have believed. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.12, I know in whom I have believed. You know, we have a book, we have a Bible full of promises, but we have to know who made the promises. The everlasting, faithful God made the promises. He says, I will watch over my word to perform it in your life. He said, if I've given you a promise... I will fulfill it. Now, a lot of people make promises. Have you had people make promises to you and not fulfill them? Boy, it's disappointing and discouraging. They say, Pastor, we'll be with you. Whatever you need, Pastor, we'll be there. We're we're there for you. We're right behind you. But I didn't realize how far behind they were. You couldn't even find them. I said, where are they? (laughs) And you finally get a hold of them. They go, oh, Pastor, we're sorry we missed it. Some things came up. I'm so sorry. But next time, Pastor... We'll be there. Just call on us. Call us by name, and we'll be there. Well, you don't have to worry about that. pastors. I mean, uh, the Lord said he would be there for us. So that's the fourth thing. The fifth thing, that you may know him, Paul said, and the power of his resurrection. We have to know that God is powerful in us. Resurrection power. Whatever we need, we can call upon him, and he'll bring it up in our spirits. And, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Isn't that a a great thought that no matter what you're facing, you're able to overcome it? Who would have thought we could have been in a house for 45 days with our families and still be happy? It's the grace of God that gives us the, the strength and encouragement to live together one day at a time. So what are the things that we're supposed to know? We're supposed to know that He hears us. We're supposed to know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. We're supposed to know that the love of God reaches out and ministers to us. We have to know that His character is, uh, that He's faithful to His promises. And finally, His resurrection power is on the inside of us. I wanted to give you these encouraging words uh, to uh, lift you up and let you know that God is with us. He said He would never leave us or forsake us. What a wonderful God we have. So let me pray with you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You that as we come before You, we can give you our cares and our concerns. We know that you care for us. We thank you that you're giving us resurrection power to be able to do the things that you've called us to do. We thank you that you hear us always, and we know if we pray according to your will, that you do hear us, and you give us the petitions that we desire of you. So, Father, I thank you that you keep us in your grace and in your peace and in your safety during this time and really for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray amen. Hallelujah. As my son said, we are sending out a communion outline for you so that you can take communion at home with your families. You can have church and communion right there in your own house, and it'll be a a beautiful thing. We have some music that's also uh, linked there so you can have music while you're taking communion. It's going to be wonderful. And also... He mentioned that we are uh, receiving offerings online and through the mail. And because you don't want your your blessings to stop, you don't want to cut off the flow of God's blessings. The Bible says if we're faithful to Him, He'll be faithful to us. Praise God. I know a lot of you are believing for things, and you don't want to cut off your blessings. Praise God. Also, uh, I wanted to mention that uh, Marlene Munoz, who is graduating now from Life Pacific University, has a full-time job over at Florence Avenue Foursquare Church. We're happy for her. We're excited. That's what she has been going to school for, to work there full-time. And so we, we send her off with our blessings. Then we'll be receiving another student to come help us with praise and worship. In the meantime, while we're waiting, uh, Ron Johnson, who helped us with our Christmas service, who is very accomplished. In music and in praise and worship will be the bridge until we find somebody. Uh, The director over at Life Pacific gave us seven names to explore and talk to, so we're going to wait and see uh, as they um, make themselves available so that we can have just the right person to lead us in praise and worship. So with this, I thank you that you are blessed, intact, secure, nestled in your homes, believing that God is going to bring us all together. We're going to have a happy day. Uh, a coming-out party as all of this passes. So, Father, we thank you for bringing us together. In Jesus' name, amen.